0: Football season is here. We're recording the Outkick Bets podcast on August 1st. All of the NFL teams have reported for training camp, and the Hall of Fame game is in a couple of days, which me and my homie Dan Z just figured out uh, in our little pre-production meeting. I guess the Cleveland Browns play the New York Jets, and Dan asked a very important question, and that's, do you bet on the NFL preseason? personally, I don't I don't actually watch preseason for anything because I believe that it just they're worthless results that could um, could I don't know move you one way or the other on things that probably shouldn't.
1: The best point to make on that is I remember last year covering and writing about Josh Jacobs like playing in the preseason and everyone was like, the Raiders hate him veteran running backs don't play in the preseason like the fact that they're starting him in the preseason tells you everything you need to know. He's going to split carries. He might not even be he might not even be the backup. He might be third string. He fucking goes out there and leads the league in rushing. So, throw all this shit out the window. Like I learned a very valuable lesson in my first season like really writing about the NFL and like diving into like the nooks and crannies. I spent the majority of my career uh producing ESPN radio which you know when you're doing like general national sports talk radio like it's just all the high topics like this is that was my first year like kind of hitting a little bit of the smaller stuff and one of the big storylines though was was the Josh Jacobs stuff and I remember writing like you know stay away from Josh Jacobs and fantasy like they're not gonna use this guy
0: whoops yeah dude he was uh, RB won in fantasy football last year. He was on my team, and he almost yeah. he almost single-handedly saved my season. I was the last team that didn't make the playoffs in my fantasy league. So, And
1: the point being, ignore the preseason because it means nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing that I think about when asked about betting preseason or, I don't know, adding any importance to the results is just like the NBA Summer League. I know you're not an NBA guy, but Lonzo Ooh, Ball that's was good- like – that's a good
1: D-Gen one, though. NBA Summer League is a good d betting. If we're talking about, like, the biggest degenerative gambling things you can do, NBA Summer League versus NBA preseason.
0: Yeah, but I think you can actually – You, I think it's easier to uh, make some money on the NBA Summer League just because you have an idea of which second – you can find out which, like, second-year players are going to be playing in the Summer League or which team – have more second year players but like i remember a couple of years ago like lonzo ball put up a triple double in summer league and everyone's like oh he's pretty much the next magic johnson and then we've seen how his career has went
1: yeah no one learns right like people watch the summer league now and wemby you know doesn't do that much it's like oh he's a bus, like dude it's a summer league game and it's like his first summer league game like what are we doing yeah. Why are we talking about
0: this it doesn't he's matter out there
1: to like He's out there to like stretch his legs, get some conditioning. Like, they're not taking it that serious. I had a conversation with my buddy today, who's uh, he works for the Longhorn Network, so he's a big Texas guy, and he's he pr- like props up B. John Robinson at every turn, which is fine. I like Bijan a lot. Um, I think his being in Atlanta kind of sucks for him because I I feel like he could have been a lot better. Um, there are a lot better spots for him, but anyway. And he sent me videos of Bijan like cooking linebackers at practice, and I was like, dude. I also hate training camp videos. My Here's my least favorite training camp video that gets sent out. It's like, you know, first round put, pick, uh, Quentin Johnston, Moss's veteran cornerback. And it's like, yeah, the rookies are out there trying to show that they belong. And the vets are like, yo, call me when the fucking season starts.
0: Yeah. It's practice. Yeah. It's practice. Half of them care. like lie to like get I- out of it.
1: I'm here cause I have to I'm here cause I don't want to be fined. Like to pull a Marshawn Lynch. And it's like, oh, rookie wide receiver dust hundred million dollar cornerback. Like yeah, hundred million dollar guy's like, yo, I ain't getting this ain't what I get paid for. Yeah. I get paid to pick off passes against opponents. Not my, not my teammates.
0: You just reminded me. My favorite one was a couple of years ago. Jamar Chase dropped a couple balls in like the first day of training camp, and people went nuts. Oh, and I was just like another
1: great preseason ah. storyline. He was dropping balls in preseason, yeah. and there was all kind of talk about like, oh, Jamar Chase struggles catching balls on the NFL field. Yeah, that went well. And
0: then I got to do the hot take of no, Jamar Chase is going to be good. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, that's actually another really good one. Yeah. And that was another preseason one, too. He was dropping past in the preseason.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, gambling Twitter kind of helps this stuff get out there where it's just, like, I don't know, like, for NBA for the NBA Summer League, like, Holmgren went nuts a couple times and, like, DraftKings posted, like, his rookie of the year odds. And they'll do the same stuff. We'll see it in the NFL preseason or NFL training camp where it's, like, Bryce Young went – a Ten of eleven and seven on seven drills only plus four fifty to win rookie of the year. It's like eh, whatever. Like I, I for actually, the record, I think Bryce Young is going to win the rookie of the year. That's yeah, not what we're here to talk about, but that's just kind of the example I'm making.
1: Yeah, I kind of, I think I agree with you. I like Stroud, but I just think Houston's going to suck too bad. Um, uh, but either way, um, I actually think that you bring up a good point. Now we're doing a betting podcast, and it is important that like. When you see stuff like that, like, oh, Josh Jacobs is RB2, like, you know, he's in the preseason, or Jamar Chase is dropping balls. If their odds drop, like, go the opposite way. Like, if if Twitter's blowing up about something stupid in the preseason, like, that's the time to buy low on whatever it is that is out there. Like, whatever narrative, like, if Chase's rookie of the year odds drop because of that, like, you'd have been sitting, like, he did win rookie of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he won Rookie of the Year. So, like, again, like that's that's kind of an, an extreme example, but you know, it's it's a good thing to look out for in the preseason is those storylines that seem to be like taking over. And what I would suggest is whatever everyone is telling you, do the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> It's kind of is kind of my take on on sort of preseason. And you know, I mean, if you bet. Josh Jacobs to be the NFL's rushing leader when you know people are saying he's not even going to start and he's going to split. Now again, these are extreme examples, and yeah, they ended up working out in hindsight's 2020. But it speaks to the value of it, right? Like if the public narrative is one thing, the odds are probably going to follow. So that's the time to jump on.
0: Well, I would certainly heed your betting advice for the NFL because you did really well last year. I think last year in the circuit contest, I don't even remember, but. I did really well. I was in the top, I think, 10% of the pool. And you had a much stronger season than I did. Um, you had more of a diversified, like, gambling portfolio week in, week out. You went with player props. I remember you just crushing on tight ends playing against the Seattle Seahawks. That was one of your uh, narratives or go-to good bets that made, that made you money. So, And a lot of the things that you uh, – one of the your big points last year was just talking about how you get a – fade what you recently saw in the nfl so that's just your that's just a kind of a go-to or like a a creed every nfl gambler should should live by where it's just like you know just almost betting the opposite of last week's results is more if you just did that blindly you have a better chance of making money than spending hours on listening to podcasts and, and consuming data like i do but like... that's what.
1: But that's what we're going to give you on this podcast every week. Hopefully, I'll be a weekly guest here. I didn't mean to invite myself, but at some point we got to just you know call this out, kick bets with Jeff Clark and Dan Z. Um, but the NFL. Look, I say this as my sort of start of the season. My advice to everyone all the time is like it's really hard to win betting the NFL. There's so much money that goes into it that these gambling companies like their lines on NFL games are perfect for the most part for the most part
0: it's the toughest the, to beat
1: it is because and again it's because the resources going like the d the d will tell you the best way to win is bet like random college basketball games because they the gambling company's not going to spend a ton of resources like checking the injury report of a d3 basketball game because they're not going to take a ton of handle on it they're taking millions upon millions of dollars on every single nfl game um the best way to gain any type of advantage is just always fade what you saw most recently people are so reactive now you also have to be able to discern the difference between like what did did what i just saw did oh man i just forgot how to speak did what yeah did what i just saw because you could also get out in front of something too where like you might go i'm trying to think of a good example from last year but like they're you might see something and the market might not react to it enough. Like everyone else might think that was a fluke, right? And you might see something in that game that goes like, no, I don't think so. Like I think we are now establishing something. So that's another one. Like So I guess it's not even a full umbrella thing where it's like fade what you saw most recently. Um, what I would also say is like you got to learn the difference as best you can between sort of a fluke and something that's, that's, that's bubbling that you see
0: sustainable or whatever.
1: Yes. Thank you. Something that's sustainable. And you know, it it takes a, a good eye on watching football and learning, but you can kind of, you can use stats and data. Like you use stats and data to, to kind of discern the difference between like, Oh, that was kind of lucky. Like luck in the NFL is a big thing. Nobody wants to admit it because it makes it seem like, you know, the teams didn't, you know, it's not all based on skill, but I think arguably, Baseball and the NFL for different reasons are the most dependent on luck. I think the NBA is the least of the major sports, but the NFL, because of just the the way it's structured, that possessions are very limited, you know, you're only gonna get eleven or twelve chances with the ball. It's a very small sample size, you know, and I, I use this example all the time. You know, the better team is going to win the more possessions you get. If you had the Houston Texans and the Buffalo Bills play one another and you said this game is going to be two possessions each, you'd be more likely to bet Houston. If you're like, this game's going to be 100 possessions, you go, well, the Bills are going to win. Over the long haul, you give them the ball 100 times. They're going to score more times than Houston. So we're dealing with kind of small sample sizes. Each NFL game is its own little small sample size of possessions. So that's one luck factor. The other is the referees aren't very good. So that's another big luck factor, and that's where baseball comes in because the strike zones are just, at this point, almost a joke. Like, you just have no idea game to game what the strike zone's going to look like, and it changes everything. Every pitch changes the next pitch. And the other thing with football is just the shape of the ball. Like, I know it's the silliest thing, but footballs do weird things. It's the only – I mean, that and hockey. Like, hockey's got – but even that's kind of a more regulated thing. Like, the football is just shaped so weird that it does weird shit, and no one really discusses it. But the ball bounces weird, and that shit happens.
0: Yeah. Also, there's so many moving parts in football, and there's so many different yes. ways you can you can lose, right? Like, if your field goal kicker is off, that might be enough for you to lose. Whereas, like, the rest of a person's handicap analysis and the team's play was on point, and it's just like, well, you have Mason Crosby, and he couldn't hit an extra point today. And then he missed the 35-footer to tie – or the – the 35-yarder to tie the game. And it's like, yeah, well, that's, that's how you lost. And we talk about – and you also have to be able to
1: grade yourself properly. We say this all the time. You and I will text during the – game, and I'm like, I lost that bet, but I was on the right side. Like, I was right about how that game played out, and I still lost. For and sure. you have to, like, understand how to tell the difference between a good loss and a bad win. Because occasionally it'll go the other way. We're like, ooh, I I won that one, but, like, eh, it wasn't really my – my best analysis and you have, those are the keys. Like you cannot get locked up in the wins and losses. You have to focus on the analysis. Was the analysis right or was it wrong? If it was right, stick with it. If it was wrong, figure out what went wrong and apply that better next week.
0: Well said. And that's a a good. uh, Prologue to our NFL preview um, or NFL 2023 preview series. We're starting off with both Western divisions in each conference. Um, the last two Super Bowl champions have actually come from the NFC West and the AFC West. We'll start in the NFC, um, where the odds on favorite to win this year and repeat as NFC West champions are the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they have a lot of questions at quarterback, but that's pretty much it. They're solid throughout the throughout the roster. Um I actually have some concerns about their interior offensive line. We'll talk about in a second, but 13 it's, and 4 isn't last that, year. Kind of
1: fascinating though that in this NFL that is so quarterback dependent, we're going to start with the division where arguably the team with the biggest question mark at quarterback is the odds on favorite to win the division.
0: Yeah. That's why they're a complete stay away for me in the futures market. Like it, I think
1: they have the fourth best starting quarterback in that division.
0: Um agree or disagree? Well, I disagree based on Kyler Murray probably not playing. Right? I mean, okay. I, I don't think I, Kyler I mean, Murray's yeah. gonna get out there. At all.
1: I mean He's gonna play this year.
0: Do you think that's because like regardless of Arizona's record, he's gonna want to get he out ha- there to he, make sure they don't they to don't to get the first pick?
1: He has to play this year. Why
0: do and you And everything say that?
1: he's uh, because his career is kind of heading down a bad path. And look, man, these guys are humans and narratives matter. And he's done a lot of shit talking this off season about the previous coaching staff. And I think he's got a lot to prove. And I think that's an important motivating factor for human beings. And Kyler Murray, last I checked, is a human being. So I do <laughs> think he is impacted Um, by the stuff floating out there. And again, look, if you're going to walk out and start saying stuff like, you know, a lot of stuff we did in the past wasn't, you know, conducive to, you know, being successful in the NFL, it's like, well, they changed all that. So now it's kind of on you, man.
0: Yeah. And the front Uh, office uh, listened to his, like, request of wanting Paris Johnson. That was specifically called in by him, supposedly.
1: Yeah. And so, like, that's the thing. The team has said, like, all right. You know, you got your complaints. Like, we're going to, it's on you now. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll grant you that we may be screwed up with our last coaching staff. But you can't get two coaches fired. And at some point, they don't start pointing the finger at you. Like, this guy's the guy. He's a coach killer. So I I think, I do believe that Kyler Murray is going to play football this season. It might not be the entire season. And I do believe that when Kyler Murray is healthy, he is better at playing quarterback than Brock Purdy.
0: Yeah. Or Troy Lance or. Definitely Sam Darnold.
1: Definitely Trey Lance. Definitely Sam Darnold. And yeah, and definitely Brock Purdy. He's definitely better than those three players.
0: I think probably better than
1: those three players combined.
0: And I think, and I was the first one to tell you last year that I, I, that Geno Smith could be pretty good for the Seattle Seahawks. I would 100% take Kyler Murray over Geno Smith starting moving forward.
1: Same. I think Kyler Murray is the second best quarterback, starting quarterback in the division. And I actually think it's kind of close between him and Matthew Stafford with where Stafford's career is. Certainly not Stafford's prime. Okay. But at this point in Stafford's career, he's starting to age a bit. You know, the injury stuff. Um, I, I think Stafford's better. I'm not – but it's closer than a lot of people would like to admit is what I'm saying.
0: So getting back to the San Francisco 49ers outside uh, of quarterback, which is – yeah, like you said uh, – it's a quarterback driven league and yet Kyle Shanahan is expected to make up for the quarterback or the thought, the 49ers and Shanahan are, you know, thought of as like quarterback proof, like regardless, like they're going to, they're going to have a, a great season, but that's not necessarily true. If you look at his history, Shanahan's been the coach there for six years, three of those years were terrible. And the other three, they had Jimmy Garoppolo starting most of the season and we'll talk about jimmy garoppolo in a little bit but But i
1: think i do think brock like if brock purdy is jimmy garoppolo that's going to be really good for them and that's all that's i i think we need to draw a distinction with shanahan between like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is except there's a line and you just need to be above that line no team in the nfl can win if the quarterback is horrible like that that's just that's just a fact of whatever but you can win if your quarterback is just okay. And I think Kyle Shanahan is very good at taking a just okay quarterback and having a better season than he should with a just okay quarterback.
0: Agreed. Um, and there's just not well, that's a lot all of... They
1: need out, that's what they need out of Brock Purdy. They need him to be just okay. And I think he can be just okay.
0: Yeah, I think it's weird that they seemingly are just completely aborting the Trey Lance thing. I don't think Trey Lance is good. I don't think it was a good draft pick. That said, did he really get a fair chance to prove himself? And maybe I uh, about- life isn't fair. Like that's an easy one to go to. And Brock Purdy played his ass off when he came in, but
1: but here's the thing, man. Like you gotta like think about it in terms of economics and the sunk cost fallacy, right? Like, just like, and that's the problem. A lot of teams have this problem, and this is a across all pro sports where you know we always hear it first round picks are going to get more shots than third round picks right you screw up as or you know fifth round pick you screw up as a fifth round pick like it's over first round pick we're going to give you more chances because you have more potential but at the same time because teams look at it and they go like we used capital on this on this player we have to make them succeed but the problem is like just going back to that well and being like we have to force this to happen only makes things worse so I would actually applaud San Francisco if they were just like, hey, we fucked up. Trey Lance was not a good pick. He didn't have enough experience. He still doesn't. I did an article on him, man. The numbers on the number of passes he's thrown. Are you familiar with like any of the Trey Lance numbers, like dating back to college?
0: Yeah, I, I, I looked at him. I did a deep dive on this preseason uh last year. Like, you know, just looking at San Francisco and it was the thing that I, that I thought was most interesting was I think the biggest crowd he played in front of was like 25,000 people like in college. That's nuts. Yeah, Because you know? he played in the Fargo I, Dome, and the Fargo Dome sold out at like 22,000.
1: So if you go back to 2020, he started the entire season, had a great season for North Dakota State in 2019. They went undefeated, won the D, whatever, the FCS championship. Great. The 2021 season was canceled because of COVID. He only played one game. And then he really hasn't played in the NFL. So he has attempted one hundred and thirty-two competitive passes in the last thirteen hundred days.
0: Yeah, it's outrageous. It's like outrageous one... they can ever think that he could be good. It, it blew my mind. Like, did he, like in the NFL, things don't go to plan. And when you have a franchise quarterback, it's expected where it's like, hey dude. You got to throw it 35 40 times today cuz I don't know. That's that's just how it's going to work. If I don't know if you have his game logs in front of you, did he ever attempt 35 passes? Ever? I don't think he ever did. That's like, a good question. Like you,
1: I have him de- I have him down for 420 pass attempts since he started college. Yeah.
0: And I mean 2018.
1: It's been 5 years. He's attempted 420 passes in 5 Football seasons, yeah. Most quarterbacks throw that more than that in one football season. He hasn't he hasn't thrown five hundred passes in five years.
0: Yeah, I never got the the hype behind him, but I. All of that being said, I do think it's weird if if he just doesn't get out there for them again. But I mean, Brock Purdy killed it and may have taken the starting job. Supposedly Trey Lance looks pretty good in camp. Um, I'm nervous Land- about.
1: Lance's most passes attempted in an NFL game is 29. Oh, shit. And he also has a 28 on there as well.
0: Against the Seahawks, he threw 29?
1: Oh, I already, I already went to college to see if he ever did it in college. Although it's really going to be hard to find his college game logs given that he played at friggin' North Dakota State. But even if you look at his 2019 season, he started 16 games – and threw less than 300 passes in 16 games. So that's less than 20. He averaged less than 20 pass attempts a game. Yeah. Yeah. like quite a bit less. He averaged like 18 pass attempts a game in college.
0: Yeah. So I don't know why they were ever confident in him to the point where they traded up to get the third quarterback off the board. That was always crazy to me.
1: Teams fall in love with athleticism, man. And like, he just looked the part. He was big and strong it was coming off of like, you know, Lamar Jackson's MVP season in 2019. And they look at Trey Lance like, well, he's bigger than Lamar. He could do all the same things. Like, we can replicate Lamar in a bigger, stronger player. That's going to work, especially Shanahan, who we would think, with given the way that, you know, his teams run the ball and, and do everything that they do, that that would be a great fit. That I've, was the thought. I also Didn't think
0: it's out. an example of like their wishy washy decision making. And that comes up in games for for Shanahan like he's considered one of the least aggressive coaches in the NFL which is a surprise to most people because he's like a offensive guru a play calling innovator but he he'll kick the ball on the opponent's side of the field on like fourth and short more than than definitely more than gambling Twitter wants him to or NFL Twitter wants him to and more than he's 49ers
1: 49ers unders will make you money.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, But I also think that they were... I think Adam Schefter's report was true. I think they were going to draft Mac Jones. And I think the outrage affected the front office and the coaching staff, and they ended up going the other way based on just people freaking out, based on like apparently Twitter knew um, Trey Lance and Mac Jones better than Kyle Shanahan. I think that... Kind of correlates to like his again wishy washy decision making in, in NFL games. So I think they were always going to go Mac Jones, which might not have been much better. I'm really low on Mac Jones. We'll talk about that in future episodes, but
1: I would agree with you
0: um, about them wanting to take Mac Jones.
1: I don't know that they'd be in any better of a spot right now.
0: Right. Yeah. No, no, that's true as well. I just think it's
1: and they probably wouldn't have drafted Brock Purdy.
0: No. Um, but I also, I just don't think Adam Schefter got a report wrong. Like he usually doesn't. Right. I mean, it's the agent te- texting him exactly what's going to happen. I think his conversion rate is pretty good.
1: Yeah, but we're, well, we don't need to get into a whole thing about the state of journalism, but that's, that's coming under a lot of fire right now is where are these reports coming from? And is it real or is it what's one side wants you to think?
0: That's true. Fair enough. Um, The one issue or the one major concern outside of quarterback that I have for San Francisco is their interior offensive line Um, and really just their offensive line in general. They got rid of right tackle Mike McGlinchey. They still have the best left tackle in football, Trent Williams, but their left guard, interior offensive line all kind of have weak pro uh, football-focused scores or grades, so if you can get pressure in any quarterback's face, they're going to, they're going to struggle. And I think that's especially true for young quarterbacks, which they have two of them and Sam Darnold who sees ghosts um, when he's pressured. So because it's a quarterback driven league and they don't have an actual answer for their quarterback, in my opinion, and even if they go with Brock Purdy and he's fully healthy, I expect regression, you know, like, natural rookie regression. If he starts week one, that would be, I think, his seventh start. Um, So I'm expecting him to come back down to earth a little bit. And I think all their numbers are just so tight. They're minus 160 to win the division. They're the uh, second favorite in the NFC to make it to the Super Bowl behind behind the, the Philadelphia Eagles. Their win total is... Um, I believe it's ten, it's 10 and a half uh, with the over at minus 145. Like I don't see any value. And because Shanahan, I've been anti-Shanahan for some years now and he's kind of made me look stupid, I'm not going to fade the team either, especially considering how talented they are in every single position outside of, again, interior line and quarterback. So I'm neutral on the the 49ers, a team that I am excited about just based on their their ceiling. Um actually I'm jumping ahead. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks, um, who finished second in the division, made the playoffs nine and eight last year. Um P. Carroll did a hell of a job in the first year without Russell Wilson, turned Geno Smith into a franchise quarterback you think they extend him this offseason. Um they gave him some more help by drafting Jackson Smith and the Jigba in the in the first round. Um, they also had um, added to their secondary, which is usually strength of the Seattle Seahawks, because Pete Carroll's you know made his bones um, as a defensive coordinator, especially in the secondary, and they got Devon Witherspoon, in the top ten pick. So they seem to be trending up, but um, I do think they could kind of fall back down to earth or have a a, a season they were expected to have last year, or this year. They had a a five-and-a-half win total entering last season, and they're currently – their win total is nine-and-a-half. Heavy juice on the the under. So it could be eight-and-a-half or nine-and-a-half. But how do you feel about the Seahawks coming into this year? I think
1: they were a little fluky last year, so I would lean towards the under. Um, I actually think this division is bad. I think – you know, I like San Francisco – probably more than you do. Um, I do think they deserve to be the odds on favorite. And if I were placing a future bet, which I'm not going to um, them at minus 160 to win the division still feels like really good value because I don't think there's a true challenger even on the board.
0: Interesting. I think the Rams are a challenger. Well, go ahead. Explain why. Well, well, in a sec, I just want to finish the Seahawks stuff. Um, there were three and four after the bye week last year. Geno Smith definitely fell back down to earth. They got a little lucky to even make it to the playoffs.
1: What? Who could have seen that coming? <laughs>
0: who um, could have
1: possibly predicted that?
0: After the after the, the bye, there were three and four. Their two wins were against LA, uh, the Rams, one of which was who Baker Mayfield. Who could have Midfield.
1: predicted that a 31-year-old quarterback who had never been great in the NFL would not be great at some point during last season who could have possibly predicted that all right me
0: um and they beat the new york jets who i think had mike white starting for them um when the seattle seahawks met as a matter of fact six of the teams that they beat last year they went nine and eight six of them got better entering this season so, if they were to run those games back, I think they'd lose a few more of those and be closer to their regular season win total last year, which again was um, five and a half. And they were one in five when they asked Gino to throw 35 or more passes. So, when they needed the quarterback to bail them out, they weren't that good, which to me. What? Right. I mean, it kind of reinforces what? your point of fading Gino and not expecting a lot out of him. Um, they had a very questionable defensive line. They're 28th in pass rush win rate, according to ESPN. They lost two defensive line starters, um, and this is mostly a hunch because I like Pete Carroll and I thought Geno could be good for them. But I think they're going to finish seven and ten this year. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, and uh, you know, I I I think it'll be kind of a struggle to get to seven and ten, even though the Seahawks are eight four and one on their regular season win total to the over in Pete Carroll's career there, which is pretty impressive. Great.
1: We've spent enough time on a mediocre NFL team. Let's move on.
0: Well, if they're mediocre, what do you think of the Los Angeles Rams, who I'm much higher on than most people? Same. I think they're mediocre. Fair enough. Here's what's interesting to me about the whole Kyle Shanahan thing and how it kind of – Dips into the my Rams analysis. I do think they're
1: less mediocre than the Seahawks, though. Does that help? I
0: guess. Um, I think
1: they're the second-best team in the division, but I still think there's a head-and-shoulders gap between San Francisco and any other team.
0: I don't think the gap is that big between them and the 49ers. I give the 49ers the leg up because of how talented the roster is and how deep it is, and because Shanahan pretty much owns McVay in their head-to-head matchups outside of the NFC Championship game a couple years ago, which it wasn't really won because of McVay or lost because, well, maybe Shanahan contributed to the loss, but um, Stafford's the best quarterback in the division by far. He's probably the second best quarterback in the NFC behind Jalen Hurts. You can argue Kirk. (laughs) You might argue Kirk Cousins, but I wouldn't argue Kirk Cousins better than him. I would
1: take Kirk Cousins over Matt Stafford right now.
0: I think that's crazy. Fair enough, though. I mean, Cooper Cup, uh, offensive player of the year a couple years ago. Best offensive player in the division. They have Arnold, uh, Aaron Donald. Whoa whoa, 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 whoa!
1: Wait a minute. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Say that again. A little slower, so we all heard it.
0: Cooper Cup. Oh, I will say it very so. Cooper Cup is the best offensive player in this division. Okay. Who do you think is better, and why?
1: Um, there's this guy. I I can't remember his name. Oh yeah, Christian McCaffrey.
0: Christian McCaffrey is not better than Cooper Cup. I mean, it's different positions. Bro, you said offensive player, dude. They tr- uh, you they traded have... him.
1: You would rather have what?
0: Uh, the the Panthers traded him because he didn't make that much of a difference to their team.
1: No, no, no. no.
0: Cooper okay. Cup didn't he win the uh, Super Bowl MVP? Oh my god, this is insane. It's insane to say the guy who won offensive player of the year and Super Bowl MVP in the same year is the best okay, offensive player so in the you, division. So
1: you think that if you took Cooper Cup and put him on the Panthers the last couple of years, that would have made a huge difference. Is that your argument?
0: No, that's not my argument. I just well, it gave has you to my be part argument. of it.
1: It has to be part of it, though, because you use that as a detraction on Christian McCaffrey because he didn't make that much of a difference for the Panthers.
0: No, I'm saying that running backs are a lesser-valued so position than than wide receivers, and Cooper Christian McCa- Cup is, is a to- top-three no wide receiver no, in the league. No one's arguing
1: that. Christian yeah. McCaffrey does more than just play running back. That's the whole point.
0: Okay. But I'll give you that, and he's a great um, receiver out of the backfield. Hell, they can even line him up in slot. But they do a lot of interesting things with Cooper Cup as well. He'll take end of rounds, and either way.
1: I don't even know that he's the best receiver in this division.
0: He for sure is. He's better than Debo Samuel. He's better than DK Metcalf.
1: I'm going DK Metcalf. But
0: but this is eyeball test, and we're just going to kind of, you know, agree to disagree on this one because you don't have numbers to back you up. You don't. Like, the, the, the numbers side with Cooper Cup.
1: Yeah, one great season.
0: Awesome. One great season. Look at his stats. He killed it with Jared Goff. He one killed... great season. Oh my God! All right, whatever. Um, Aaron... Give me a
1: second. Give me a second. Great season. Do He's I... been in the league for seven, six years. Give me a second. Great season. He's been over the one thousand yard mark twice, twice in six years. One of them was that crazy season where he had almost two thousand yards, sixteen touchdowns, and he won Super Bowl MVP. I grant you that he had a historic season. once one historic season.
0: Um he had 94 catches, 1100 yards and 10 touchdowns. Good season. That's not great. Double-digit touchdowns, 1,000 yards, and close to 100 catches isn't let's great. Go look
1: at the, let's go look at the 2019 receiving leaders and like see and he where was, he ranked.
0: And he was comeback player of the year. Or, excuse me, he was uh, fifth in comeback player of the year because he was coming off way, an injury.
1: That year that you just referred to, Christian McCaffrey had 1,000 yards receiving as a running back and 116 catches. Okay. And Listen, you're you're propping that up as a great season. He finished cup finished uh 11. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Twelfth in the league in receiving that year. In receiving. That's his other great season. Twelfth in the league. That's a great season.
0: It's good. Solid. Yeah, I think given the limitations at quarterback, Jared Goff specifically. Oh, now we're
1: now we're going to talk limitations. But we're not going to give Christian McCaffrey a, play, a break for playing Please. for the worst head coach, arguably in NFL history, Matt Rule. They haven't had a quarterback in ever.
0: Okay, I'm. You know what? I'm not even trying to win the argument of best offensive player in.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't try to the either. division,
0: right? Uh, I think his offensive player of the year and Super Bowl MVP. One great season. Okay, but I mean, let's see him do it again. And he's
1: getting older now. He's he's thirty.
0: Didn't you just say in an article today that you can that wide receivers can get an old man game? You wrote about they that. Can. that. That that was can. your those are your words. They can. We'll okay. see if
1: he has it, and if he, I will retract if we see that. But. He was 29 last year, and he got hurt. He didn't play the whole season. So we haven't really seen him yet at the age of 29-plus.
0: I mean, his numbers were insane last year, though, before he got injured. He was killing it. Like, it wasn't much worse than the year before. And they're going to essentially—
1: He played nine games. He had 800 yards. Yeah. that's He was on pace for, like, 1,400, 1,500 yards receiving. Again— Really good season. It's not the offensive player of the year season.
0: No, but uh, fifteen hundred yards and a hundred and twenty catches. That that's that's not a great season. Like, what are what we you, what are on, we arguing about? On,
1: I mean, catches are kind of overrated.
0: Okay. Well, what about touchdowns and yards? Either way, the the Rams have an elite quarterback and coach combo. They're, this is awesome. I'm, pretty,
1: I'm so glad we got into this. This is why I love talking to you, because we always come up with something we had no intention of talking about and just get off the rails.
0: I know. But uh, I'm also
1: not going to let you slip in little things and then not push back. So,
0: No, it's fine to push back on it. I mean... Um, Chris, You're wrong, but... Christian McCaffrey is an awesome football player, and I'm not here to talk shit about him. I'm just saying... getting Matt Stafford back and getting Cooper cut back and having the best defensive player in the league and a proven head coach to me, there should be the odds of 10 to one are looking pretty good in that case, especially when half of Shanahan's seasons in San Francisco have been terrible, have been losing seasons. And, People give Shanahan the benefit of the doubt when that happens and they'll be like, "Well, the team was decimated by injuries." But the Rams got this? crushed by injuries last year and everyone just sees, "Well, you know, that's what happens when you don't you don't tr- you trade all your draft picks." I don't understand I don't understand why the Rams don't get the benefit of the doubt. Sure, what is what do you got for me?
1: Let's do a side bet. And you're going to get way plus odds on this and I'll still do it. I will bet you that DK Metcalf has more receiving yards this season. Then Cooper Cup.
0: Deal. Great. All right. Now that we got that established,
1: um, man, you're gonna be you're gonna be so mad when he tears his ACL in week five.
0: Why would he tear his ACL? He he gets hurt. That's what he does. That's true. He has been hurt twice. That's that's a fair point. But I mean, injuries could be a little bit fluky, and he got it completely repaired, so he should be good this year. Maybe it's the next year. that he'll be screwed up, <laughs> but all the regrets- he might be,
1: he's going to be better this year with that new ACL.
0: Yeah, don't don't go with the '90s thinking, dude. <laughs> where it's just like Terrell Day, like like med- athletic or m- modern medicine has improved. Like you can tear an ACL, they can repair Hot it, take. and you can and you can. Yeah, I mean, people just <laughs> like assume because like Chris, uh, Cooper Cup and and Matthew Stafford miss half the season last year that they they won't regain form. I think they will regain form. I think there's a good enough chance that they regain form to place a bet on plus plus a 1000 that the Rams win the division and they're plus 250 to make the playoffs in a soft NFC where at least one team made it at 9 and 8 last year that would be the Seattle Seahawks. I think they could they could flip with them and I don't think the NFC got that much harder. So I think there's um Good value to – actually, they're plus 310 to make the playoffs right now. I think that's solid. Their offensive line um, was terrible last year because, you know, Andre Whitworth – or Andrew Whitworth retired. They had a whole bunch of different starting lineups. But if they can stay healthy this year, which is pretty much the same thing you'd say about any team, I think they're going to have a bounce back year. Um, they didn't have, like, a lot of talent or depth in offensive positions when they won the Super Bowl. They just need Stafford and uh, Cooper Cup to um, get back to balling. And I do think there's a a good enough chance where that happens to where they're going to possibly win the division. So that's what I like. And um, they have a lot of regression metrics in their favor. Had terrible fumble luck, fumble recovery luck, bad turnover luck, terribly unlucky in the fourth quarter, and they had the most games lost to injury last year. So I'm going to – I'm gonna buy uh, the low stock in the Rams, um, the Arizona Cardinals. We already talked about them. Um, Moving uh, on, <laughs> yeah, we don't have much to say. I I expect them to have the worst record in the NFL, to be honest, because I don't think Kyler Murray is going to come back. Um, but I think all the points that you made are solid. I have them going th- three and fourteen this year. Um. They have the twelfth toughest schedule, so not that. DraftKings
1: actually has this neat tool now that I actually just discovered. Have you seen this? Where you can uh, you can slide the team's uh, win total. They give you about. They don't give you every option, but they give you about six, or depends on the team. The Cardinals they offer six win totals that you can bet over or under on. Uh, Um, I went all under
0: on the Atlanta Falcons and all under on the Indianapolis Colts using that tool that you're talking about.
1: All the way down.
0: Not all the way down, but I got them each at plus 300 to where. So I took the Falcons down from 8.5 to 6.5, and and I got plus 300 on that. And then I took the, I think, the Colts from 6.5 to 4.5, and and I got plus 300 on that. So the
1: Cardinals, for you, based on your record, you can get them under 3.5 at plus 150. Yeah, not good. Under 2.5 is not even plus 300.
0: Yeah, to me, that's not that good. Like the market's saying they're going to be bad. Right. And, you know, like, I'm looking for at least three to one payouts in my but futures. But you also
1: just said they're going to be bad.
0: Yeah. But I think that the odds are appropriate, effectively. Okay. Like and, and, and we talked about this, like, in pre-production or whatever. You don't really like futures because you like to save them for save your bets for single games or in-season, and I'm mostly the same way. The only futures I'm gonna be betting are plus three hundred or better. Usually, there's only
1: one future bet I make every year, and it never hits. But it's just a fun one. I'll throw like five bucks, and I'll try to predict all eight division winners.
0: And you can parlay that. Yes, that's a legal sports book thing. I don't have that option. A, yeah, a homie of mine uh, asked if I can parlay futures for him, and I can't. Yeah,
1: I will. Uh, I'll throw in what I think, and I'll tell you what the odds come out to be.
0: Um, Once I do it, I the only bet that I like that's Cardinals related is James Conner under 725 rushing yards for the season, 725 and a half. He's never played a full season. He's been under this number in three of his six career seasons, and unless Kyler comes back, or even if Kyler comes back, he's going to be facing loaded boxes all the time, and I just. The 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 49ers are a good run defense. The the Rams were actually a really good run defense last year, despite not being that good at anything. And the Seahawks, um yeah, they're they're the defensive line's a little is a concern, but they got Bobby Wagner back who who's also. My awesome last current
1: year. division winners parlay, if I were to nail all eight division winners, is at plus five hundred and seventy seven thousand, which is bet $5 to win about 29 grand.
0: <laughs> what do you have?
1: You want to know all the teams?
0: Yeah, do them quick.
1: But are we going to like I feel like that's going to kind of spoil all the these previews. I feel like viewers have to tune you, in. To you can't out. give like,
0: out a plus 29,000 parlay and then not list the the legs.
1: All right, I got the Bills, the Bengals, the Titans, the Chargers, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Panthers and the 49ers.
0: Okay, so about the 49ers with the Rams and one. No, I'm just kidding. That Did you like all the cat. other ones? Um, give
1: me yours real quick, and I'll I'll plug it in. Let's see where we we Let's have a little fun. I'll put it in for you.
0: All right, I'm gonna go.
1: Hold on, I gotta clear mine out. All right, uh, AFC East. AFC East. Bill I'll Stratford go Dolphins. Dolphins. Like it. AFC North.
0: I'll go Bengals. Uh, AFC South. Jaguars. AFC West. Chiefs. NFC East. Eagles. NFC North. Vikings. (laughs) (laughs) NFC South. Panthers.
1: I love it. And Rams? Yeah. All right your parlay mostly thanks to the rams is almost plus 1 million what <laughs> a $5 bet pays $47,000 oh
0: my god i will oh, i'll send you the $5 enti- right now it's
1: it's almost entirely based on the rams because i think if you sub, let's just for fun i'm going to sub in the 49ers instead of the rams and that drops it down to plus 140,000 it cuts the bet. That turns a five dollar into seven grand,
0: dude. I love Nine, those odds.
1: Like it's basically it's all Rams. Like that's Damn you're right. hinging it on the Rams at that point. But that that is kind of funny. But yeah, here's the problem. I, here's why I want to put that in for you, but I don't because if I win forty seven grand, I'm gonna
0: have to pay taxes on it. Well, I mean, I'd pay the taxes.
1: Yeah, and you probably also have to, you know. I'm going to take a, a cut from it, obviously, as well, because you know I placed it for you, right. which is technically illegal. So I kind of you know put myself on the line.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's not talk about more illegal things here on the podcast. <laughs> let's go over the AFC West. Obviously, we're starting up top with the Kansas City Chiefs, defending champions. Were they 13 and four last year? Um, I don't know. Does doesn't matter the record again. Defending Super Bowl champions first and net yards per play, first in net EPA. They have the best quarterback coach combination in the NFL. I don't think anyone's arguing. Um, I actually thought their defense was underrated. That was part of the reason why I bet them to win the Super Bowl over the Eagles, but the defense really didn't do much in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I guess that's kind of my way of saying, even though Travis Kelsey is the only offensive weapon outside of Mahomes, obviously, that you need to be scared about. I actually. Actually, I actually think their defense is going to improve a little bit this year. Um, they have a, a great linebacker core, a bunch of good secondary, or a few good secondary players, and Chris Jones I think is a legit defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, my projection is for them to go over eleven and a half wins, which is heavily juiced, I believe. Um, but I only have them at like twelve and five. I think they're pretty much a lock to win the AFC West as long as we're in the Mahomes era. And they're pretty much a lock to win eleven or 10, 12 games every year. I don't.
1: I'm taking the Chargers.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, I want to hear that in a second, but actually, I guess we can just hear it now. Why? Why are? Why do you think the Chargers make the 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 step forward?
1: Well, first of all, value wise, I like the Chargers at plus three forty to win the division. I think it's great value. Um, secondly. This division was a lot closer last year than people realize. The Chargers, again, you want to go back to, like, luck. They had legitimate – they should have won both games against the Chiefs. They had some really dumb and or unfortunate things happen in both games against the Chiefs. Um, And if you flip those two games, they tie for the division. So I don't think – I mean, you look at the spread and you go, like, the Chiefs won the division by four games last year. But it was closer than that, in my opinion. Even if you flip one of those games, it becomes a two-game spread. So I think the Chargers were already uh, closer than a lot of people realize. Um, I love what they did in the offseason. I think going out and, and getting Quinton Johnson, who was one of my favorite players in this draft, I think he actually ended up being kind of underrated. Um, and then the run on receivers kind of started late, which allowed the Chargers to get in on it, which I think was huge for them. I think Brandon Staley's better than people realize. I know I take a ton of shit for that. And I'm in the minority and I'm either going to be proven unbelievably right and take a victory lap over everyone or I'm going to continue to look foolish and I'm willing to risk it um, as far as that goes. Second, I think Super Bowl hangovers are real. I think the Chiefs are playing to win the Super Bowl and thus the regular season to them might – there might be some points where it becomes a little less important week in and week out. The point is let's get to the playoffs. Let's go win playoff games. That's what we do. So – I think it's not what the
0: those Chargers fa- do. What? You said let's get to, oh oh you're saying the Chiefs so let's get to the playoffs and us win yeah. games in the playoffs. I, I think the you, Chargers.
1: I think the Chargers have a chip on their shoulder. I expect a big year out of Justin Herbert. I probably will bet him to win MVP again this year. I did last year and it didn't work out, which I'm hoping means I'll get better odds this year. Which not really. He's plus thirteen hundred, which I don't love. Not terrible though, huh? What do you? What are your thoughts since since Mahomes is the since we're kind of already on the topic because Mahomes and Herbert, uh, it's the only division that has two quarterbacks in the top five of MVP odds. Although the North is close because Lamar Jackson is sixth.
0: Um, what do I think of what? Like just Herbert's well, chances of win the MVP? I mean, yeah,
1: I... MVP, MVP futures in general with Mahomes at plus seven hundred leading the way, followed by Burrow who's only slightly behind Mahomes, which is kind of wild. And Josh Allen, who's also only slightly behind uh, both of them. And then Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, and Aaron Rodgers round out the guys who are below 20 to one.
0: I think Trevor Lawrence should have better odds to win uh, win the the MVP than Justin Herbert. I think Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. Um, It's a, I mean, it's a prove it year for Justin Herbert and, and Brandon Staley, you know, like, everyone wanted Anthony Lynn gone but Justin Herbert played really well um, in his rookie season under Anthony Lynn and if if the if the chargers have a losing season or don't make it to the playoffs that could be that could be the end of Brandon Staley and be like well you got two coaches fired um, Justin Herbert and you know I I'm not as high on the Quentin Johnston um, draft pick as you are. I think they could have used like a shiftier quicker wide receiver, but I'm not as much of like a, of a draft uh, guru or uh, as maybe you are. Um, You know, I just feel like Mike Williams and Quentin Johnson are like, you know, too, too much, too similar. And Keenan Allen's always injured. Like he's always injured. So I don't think you can rely on him. And, they have a bunch of like good players, but they pretty much have peaked already. Like I don't see Austin Eckler getting better. I don't see Mac getting better. Keenan Allen definitely isn't gonna get better. So it's really just on Justin Herbert to take the next step and hoping on some, you know, good injury uh luck. Um, I'm not as big into Brandon Staley as you are. And they went under their 10.5 regular season win total last year despite having the second easiest schedule. So that's all pretty concerning, I think. And they have a soft middle of the defense. They're terrible on rush defense, worst rush defense last year in the NFL, and I don't think that's going to improve. So I'm really not that high in this team, but I don't have any bets to fade them as well. I think the Broncos take a step Forward this year, and I think the uh the Chargers take a slight step back. I think they're nine and eight this year. That's kind of where I sit. But I mean I agree with your point about the value. Like, that's my big thing with the Rams. Their their floor is super low, but their ceiling is really high. And I think at 10 to 1, it makes it a good bet. And you can make a similar argument here where it's like if Brandon Staley does a little bit better with the in-game decision-making or gets back to what he did in his first year, which I thought was better than in the second year, Justin Herbert just gets a little bit better. They, You know, like he was injured in the middle of the season last year with like broken ribs, if you remember. Again, you know, you need Keenan Allen. You need some of their playmakers to stay healthy, but there is a world where the Chargers win 11 or 12 games, so I don't hate your look. You know, I'm just – I'm not going to put any money – on the Chargers. The other part is I live in Long Beach, California. I know a ton of Charger fans, and like they can tell you that the team is just kind of cursed. And every, every NFL player, every NFL person kind of knows this as well, dude, where it's just like every year, every preseason, there's hope in the Chargers, and they usually come up short. They're very similar to the Los Angeles Angels in that sense, where it's just like, Like, Mike Trout's pretty much Justin Herbert. So, yeah, this guy's going to kill it, but I don't know about how the team's going to do. So those are kind of my overall thoughts on the Los Angeles Chargers. I have them on the outside looking in on the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think the Keenan Allen thing is interesting um, because he hasn't missed as many games as people think he has. I think last year's clouding the judgment a bit. He only missed one game in 2021. He only missed two games in 2020. And the three seasons before that he played all 16 games. So he's really only missed two, three, 10 games in the last six years. That's less than two per year.
0: Yeah. Went to five straight pro bowls too.
1: So I, yeah, I mean, look guys get narratives on them. I can't, there was a running back. I can't think of it now. Uh, There was like a, I can't remember the running back a few years ago had a narrative, like being hurt, but then you went and looked and you're like, he doesn't really get hurt that often. Like he didn't really miss very many games, but it's just sort of in our psyche. But you know, if I'm going to make the Cooper cup argument, Keenan Allen's 31 years old and he did miss a bunch of games last year. So I get it. Um, but I don't even know that he needs to play 17 games for them to be successful. If he plays 12, I think they'll be fine. And that's why you bring in Quentin Johnson, you know, Mike Williams, another one, um, you made the point that you think they're too similar, but you can never have you can never have enough giant wide receivers who are really good and fast. Like I, I just I sort of reject the premise that having two guys who are the same is bad if it's bad if they're both bad. You don't want two Eli Apples, for example. But two Mike Williams, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing.
0: No. Could be good. I mean we have like the Giants have like seven Cole Beasleys. That's not great.
1: No, you don't want seven Cole Beasley's. That's a great example. You Cole don't want seven Cole be-
0: You're
1: going to get a lot of COVID if you have seven Cole Beasley's. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Uh, Cole Beasley tore us up, though, when he play- or tore up the Giants when he played for the Cowboys. So maybe the front office is still looking at that. Either way, um, I hear you. I, um, I think there is a world where the Chargers do really good, but I'm not betting on that. I actually think the division got harder because the Broncos are going to be better. Um, Sean Payton is just on a tour de force here in his in his training awesome. camp interviews just tearing makes, down former coaches
1: i cannot wait to see him fail oh you think he's so, gonna fail oh yeah it's why be glorious. i hate sean payton i really fair do. enough i think he he's another one of those guys who rode the back of a hall of fame quarterback and everyone thinks he's like awesome but i i've written about sean payton plenty of times um I'm not going to – I don't need to dive into it. If you want to Google outkick Sean Payton, Dan Zachewski, and you can find out what I think about Sean Payton.
0: Um, Well, mostly everyone had Russell Wilson as like a Hall of Fame quarterback entering last year, and yeah, the I, win I, total I, I, for the sure, Broncos I, were like 10.5 last year.
1: Yeah, and I think he'll be better um, because he can't really get any worse, and Nathaniel Hackett was – like Sean Payton's better than Nathaniel Hackett. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not making any argument. Like I know we're we're making hot takes here. Um, so I think they'll be better. It'd be almost impossible for them or him to be worse. So they did get better. I agree with that point. But Sean Payton isn't in Denver to go eight and nine or nine and eight and squeak into the playoffs and get bounced in the first round. Like they expect him to deliver. Competitive teams for you know AFC championships and Super Bowls, and I just think that's misguided, is is what I would like to say.
0: Their wins total going in the last. I don't year. think that I don't think
1: the Broncos like teammates like Russell Wilson like, and I think that's a big difference between him and Drew Brees. And everyone just goes like, "Wow, look at Sean Payton did with Drew Brees, a short quarterback, you yeah. know, kind of very similar. Like, oh, it's the same thing, like." except I think Russell Wilson is kind of not liked. And I think Drew Brees was beloved by teammates throughout his entire career. And I think that's an important difference that no one ever brings up.
0: I think that's a fair point, but I think Sean Payton is going to kind of act like a, like as a buffer between the quarterback and the rest of the roster. And just, just by him, but he's never
1: had, but he's never had to do it. He didn't ever have to do that with Drew Brees.
0: No, that's fair. Um, but he, I like I like him completely Like getting rid of Russell Wilson's office as soon as he came in uh, or joined the Broncos. I guess Nathaniel Hackett or the Broncos organization gave Russell Wilson his own office in the facilities. Yeah, Hackett
1: had no control over that team whatsoever. And Peyton, just by virtue of being around for as long as he has, will certainly have more control, which is probably important for Russell Wilson. It's probably why he succeeded under Pete Carroll, um, who – definitely has a better reputation about you know running a team than than Nathaniel Hackett. Um, but I don't think Sean Payton makes this team anything more than the th- at like distant third best team in this division.
0: Um I think they're gonna have the second best team in the division. Um but of I course think, you do. I think they're gonna finish ten and seven. They're they're favored in ten games this year. Um and I read this So in... you wanna
1: so side bet Chargers versus Broncos, better record?
0: Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Um, Cleve T.A., who's like a, I don't know, somewhat famous NFL handicapper. He does a really good NFL season preview. He had a good blurb or uh, um, point that he made in the Denver Broncos chapter where he said, Every team who spent the most on free agents in the last six seasons has improved their win total by at least three games and on average over five games. And the Broncos, I guess, spent the most money in free agency last year, even though over the cap.com has the the Giants and Ravens spending more, but that's that's because they extended their quarterbacks um to massive deals. That's why those are ahead of the Broncos, but so the Broncos spent more on like new free agents. So, I think they're going to pay off. They had a really really good defense last year despite their offense consistently putting them in bad positions. Um and the, I mean they just have talent all over their defense. I do, I do think how Sean Payton coached up Drew Brees and his physical limitations does, um, does give me confidence in how he's going to do with Russell Wilson. I'm not a big Russell Wilson guy, but I think the market saying that they're favored in ten games. They're they're they had a ten and a half win total last year, and now their alt ten and a half win total is up to plus three hundred. So. I just think it's interesting like how hot the market was on this team last year and how and how much they've fallen back um in the market's eyes this season, entering the season despite making a huge upgrade at coach. So I'm happy to go with head to head with our bet, but I'm not gonna I have a lean towards over uh nine and a half wins. They're all total at plus one seventy, but it's only plus one seventy. Um, a bet that I did like before drive Kings pulled it down was I was going to go over Cortland Sutton Sutton, excuse me. Um, 650 and a half receiving yards. He's went over this number in four of five career seasons. Um, but since the, uh, the season ending injury to Tim Patrick drive Kings pulled down the number. So I don't even know what it is anymore. Um, but you know, that's all I got on the Broncos here and, uh, wrap up our, First episode of our NFL 2023 season preview. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I am very anti Josh McDaniels, I don't think he's a quality coach, and um, I think he could be done, donezo after this year, even though the amount of confidence the Las Vegas front office have put in him that might give him a couple more years, but I uh I actually don't have any bets on them because I think they're they're appropriately priced in the market. I think they're going to go five and twelve. Um, they're six and a half regular season win total. The unders juiced to minus one thirty. This is another team with a very low floor and a high ceiling. If Jimmy G proves like he's good without Kyle Shanahan, uh, yeah, Kyle Shanahan, and can stay healthy. I think the weapons they have around him between Josh Jacobs, between uh, Devontae Adams, this offense could be good. But, I mean, if he's injured or isn't that good outside of Kyle Shanahan, then this team could be really, really terrible, especially how tough their division could be. So um, they're terrible in the trenches on both run blocking and pass blocking. They had the third worst adjusted sack rate last year, Dan. Despite having Max Crosby, who's one of the best pass rushers, and Chandler Jones, who is a not a borderline Hall of Fame pass rusher, multiple time pro bowler, former sack leader. So there's really not a lot to like about this team, in my opinion. Do you how are your feelings or vibes about the Raiders?
1: I think they suck. I think they're gonna suck. And everything you is right.
0: Well, I guess we got the end of this uh, podcast quicker than I thought.
1: And it's funny, too, because like literally as we were t- you're talking about that, I was just kind of scrolling through Twitter and uh, I see report Jimmy Garoppolo and Max Crosby got into it at practice. Crosby was forced to take a lap. I was like, perfect, perfect encapsulation of the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: But we also said at the top, you can't read too much into these off uh, these these training camp reports.
1: No, it's just funny though. The timing of it was was funny, and it's funny that like it's Crosby and Garoppolo too. Like it wasn't just like hey, two random Raiders got into a fight. It's like literally quarterback and star defensive player are fighting. Like great,
0: dude. They were ten and seven two years ago, and they were six and eleven last year. And the only thing that changed was Josh McDaniel being the coach. You remember in twenty twenty one, where John Gruden got fired mid season, and then they went with the special yeah. teams coordinator, and he uh, he did a uh, Rich Pisacchi or whatever his name they, is.
1: Wow, look at you! Yes, correct, boxhole guy.
0: Yeah, he did a hell of a job, and yet yeah, that they, was got, a mistake. they got they was a mistake. Which part? Hiring McDaniels over him for sure.
1: They were better off with him,
0: dude. If you go through like the the Vegas's year last year, it was crazy just like how disappointing they were. Remember that collapse in week two against the Arizona Cardinals where they ended up losing in overtime? I know you'll remember this one. They lost to Jeff Saturday in his debut.
1: That's right. And (laughs) I do remember the Cardinals debacle. Yeah. That they lost in overtime. And actually, they got. Lucky with one of their wins because they were on the receiving end of that Patriots disaster, where Jacoby Myers was it was it Jacoby Myers? I think
0: it was. He threw tried to backwards, throw the ball
1: backwards,
0: <laughs> and he threw it right to Chandler Jones or someone, and they just ran yeah, in for just, a touchdown. That was
1: it. Yeah, so they had a weird year. Um,
0: they lost to Baker Mayfield, I think, on Sunday Night Football. Yeah,
1: Josh McDaniel's. It, I, I think I wrote about this at one point, like. He started his like head coaching career like off to a really good start, and has been an abject disaster since. Yeah, here it is, Josh McDaniels started his coaching career six and zero with the Denver Broncos. Okay, they were six and zero and they had a bye week.
0: Is that Tim Tebow the Broncos? He, I mean, he ended up playing on that team. No,
1: no, 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 no. This was uh, Kyle Orton um they started six and oh since then josh mcdaniels has won 11 games in the nfl he is 11 and 28 since starting six and oh
0: yeah dude dude's bunt.
1: it's like it's another one of those things though where some guys just are not meant to be head coaches like and i don't think that's a bad thing i i i you know i I, I, bnme wants a job but like and and i look i'm not i'm never gonna be the racism guy and, and, and bnme has bigger problems certainly but like you know josh mcdaniels gets coaching opportunities based on being a great offensive coordinator but he's a bad head coach and we have enough info to make that claim um same with like a nathaniel hackett right like by all accounts, pretty good offensive coordinator. Rodgers respects him, likes him. He's had good offenses in the NFL. Not a head coach. Not head coach material.
0: You're missing the best example, actually. And your team, he was the coach of your team. Remember when Adam Gase got a bunch of love because Peyton oh, Manning oh, broke the record? It's it's just the, it's a matter but of I like argue, offensive coordinator ar- with an all-time quarterback. And it's like, see, that argue, coordinator's really good.
1: Eh. Yeah, I would argue Adam Gase, no. Not a great offensive
0: coordinator. Well, when you have but. a record setting offense, yeah, 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 yeah you know, yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of the same thing with Josh McDaniels, like, well, his offense is performed above expectation and the teams that he that he was a coordinator for won the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah. But <laughs> but so did Byron Leftwich that one year he had Tom Brady. Like he went I don't know, and you saw him last year, and now he's not even the offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers. So like simply put, I'm with you. Like offensive coordinators that essentially are clipboard holders for great quarterbacks, like I'm not I'm not really I'm not really buying them to be good coaches. Nathaniel Hackett is just further proof of that. Okay. Yeah. So we're all on the same page with all of this. I think so. We're going head to head, Broncos versus Chargers, <laughs> and you and you think DK Metcalf has more? I didn't mean to laugh at that. That's 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 a that's an interesting one. Actually, both it are more interesting. Cooper Cup yeah. versus DK Metcalf.
1: I will say this. I mean, you got great value on that one because DK Metcalf's over under is nine hundred and Cooper Cups is twelve fifty.
0: For sure. I mean, but you can have it.
1: I am happy about it.
0: The, <laughs> yeah the the Rams have a better quarterback. They have a better offensive coach, and they have breaks, less, they have till, till less till people. Till Stafford more. breaks his neck again, dude. That guy played with a broken back for like two years. I think, yeah. I but think it's him, getting to
1: the point where his wife ain't, ain't letting that happen. One more injury, it's over, and I think that's going to happen.
0: Man, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, it could obviously.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're betting on them to win the division, and. No, you wouldn't be betting that if you thought Matt Stafford wasn't going to play the whole year.
0: Yeah, if I if I thought John Wolford was going to get out there, I think there is no chance the um, the Rams would win the division at ten to one. So we did good work here. We next always week, do.
1: Well, I always do. You're mediocre at best sometimes.
0: Next week we're going to do the AFC North and the NFC North. Maybe you have well, one future you can give out instead of just. Waiting for me to say something you disagree with and trying to fade me. No,
1: I think that's the perfect format for this
0: podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, follow Dan at Real Dan Z on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeffrey underscore Clark. More importantly, Real Dan
1: Real Dan Zach Real Dan Z was taken by someone who hasn't tweeted in five years, and Twitter will not give me Real Dan Z,
0: and I'm annoyed. And more importantly, follow at kick We'll see you next week. Peace.